Hello, everyone, and welcome to David and Jeff's Survivor Podcast. I'm David, and with me, as always, is... Jeff! How are you doing, Jeff? I'm wonderful. How are you today, David? I'm doing well. Uh, this is our fourth out of four mini-casts, and we were supposed to have Nicole on the show, former uh, co-host, but unfortunately, she's literally leaving for South Africa in like two or three days. Um, so, so she was unfortunately not able to make it like we were hoping, but, uh, we wish her nothing but the best of luck, uh, going to, to South Africa and all that she's doing there. Right. I, I think, I, I'm not forgiving her for this one yet. We'll have to, we'll have to wait. The jury's still out on the forgiveness, but that's okay. You're so cold hearted. That's why I'm here, David. You're the nice one. I'm the mean one. <laughs> oh, okay. But uh, we found a quick replacement, and we are going to be talking again with Clayton, one of our semi-regulars on the podcast. I'm going to be talking with him and hearing his thoughts on the Survivor finale. But before we get to that, let's do a quick historical analysis one last time. Did you have anything from the finale? You know, really, just I think the this even the editors tried to draw a lot of parallels between Denise and Sophie in a really general sense. You know, they're both... Uh, kind of under-edited, they both listened a lot more than they talked, but they were still featured enough that you could justify them as a winner. But other than that, I didn't have too much. Did you have anything? Um, well, it's interesting. Denise herself actually posted some statistics that I thought would be cool to uh, to look at. But one of them was this is the oldest uh, final tribal council, final three, that we've ever seen, which is a pretty neat feat. Right. Um, and also that she was the oldest female to ever win Survivor. That one surprised me because I thought Tina was older. Yeah. But, but apparently I'm wrong. Apparently not. Not when she was playing it, at least. She may be older than her now. Oh, maybe that that would be it then. And then uh, also this one was interesting. Everyone knows that she went to every single tribal council. But what we didn't... Well, I, I didn't realize it until she said it, that she actually... With her being on multiple tribes, she literally got to play with every single person. So every single person that played the game, she got to play with them. There was no one on the other tribe who got voted out, you know, without her being a part of it. Right, and she, uh, you know, you could say the same about Palau or Fiji, because they started the game on the same beach. But she actually got to, like vote someone out or actually literally play the game as opposed to Plow and Fiji where they were just kind of there. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. I like that one. Yeah. I I sort of made the comparison going back to South Pacific, even that Mike Scoopin was a little bit like coach and this sort of, I don't know, delusion almost that he thought he was playing the game so well, but the other people did not perceive it that way. Right, but his argument was really well-warranted as opposed to Coach. Like, his argument made a lot of sense to me that he knows everything he did, right? He knows the intentions behind it. He knows every action he took was intentional and a way to propel him forward. And people did, he didn't realize that people didn't see that. So, yeah. No, I, I, I agree with you. He, he thinks he played a lot better than he did, but his argument was really good, and it makes a lot of sense now as to why people are so cocky. Oh, yeah, he played the, I think he, he, yeah, he defended himself a lot better than Coach did, and Coach had that whole integrity, honesty thing looming around him, which was different than Scoopin'. So, I mean, it's not like, you know, they're perfectly aligned, but sort of like, in, in just reading his exit interviews and everything, he 
you know, he was blaming it all on Ponderosa and how people corrupt one another and everything. So I don't know. Right. I doubt Malcolm could have done that much damage in one day. I don't think it was Malcolm. Right. That, well, that's what Scoopin was blaming it on was he's like, Malcolm went to the jury and bombed me and everything. I'm like, oh, is that what Scoopin? he said? Yeah, that's at least what I read in one interview. Oh. I was going to say, Malcolm couldn't have done that much damage in one day compared to the fact that some of these people have been in Ponderosa for almost 20 days. And disliked you more. <laughs> right. <laughs> disliked him since the beginning. Especially RC. If anyone bombed him, it was probably RC. Yeah. Well, should we get Clayton on the line? Let's do it. All right. All right. We now have Clayton on the podcast with us. How are you doing, Clayton? Uh, good. You guys? Doing well. So, we're here to talk about the, the finale of Survivor Philippines. What were your overall thoughts on it? Uh, I loved I loved this finale. I mean, it was sort of like a, a special one for me because it was the first time I went to all the finale events in L.A. I'm from California, so it's not that far of a drive. So, it was fun to meet them all. But the finale, I was, I mean, besides Malcolm losing, uh, it was a really fun uh, ending. I like that Denise one. I mean, she has a great story. She went to every single tribal council. So, and I think everyone within the final four, I would have been happy with. So I don't think I could have came out of the finale not being mad. Yeah. I mean, definitely you had, I think all four, first time we had four like really big stars. I mean, oh, yeah. may, maybe you didn't respect all of their gameplay, but and you got to know them as characters where a lot of previous season we have one or two duds in the finale yeah <laughs> so i think the biggest surprise is the biggest dud we had in the finale was the returning player <laughs> but he got so much airtime the the finale like oh yeah like they they show him nothing after the first episode and then the merge he starts to become a little more you know relevant and then and then boom he gets yeah. like buku confessionals in the finale yeah, I think it was just to throw us off the sin of Denise so it wasn't boring. Yeah. I mean, it was something that I sort of called, I sort of saw Denise winning for a while now, but I mean, it was it was still an entertaining thing, and uh, the jury questions were were pretty entertaining. Oh, yes. I actually missed Abby's. My, uh, my connection cut out. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> so how was Abby's? It was probably because of Obama. <laughs> oh yeah no my, that, i got obama cut out cut me out before because i had to watch the east coast feed no i was alluding to more to jeff kent than that but that uh, makes it funnier yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh were you a fan of penner's uh jury's question oh, i loved it i mean it was really confusing because i had no idea he looked like i mean he ended up voting for denise but he pretty much called her a bitch but i think he did <laughs> it wasn't pretty much <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I think I think that was – I really didn't think there was much, obviously, uh, reasoning behind his questions. You know, I don't think he was really trying to get an answer out of anyone, obviously. But I think it was just his last – he knew that was his last hurrah on the show, really. So he wanted to make it memorable. I agree. So let's talk about the reunion. We haven't uh, talked much about that on this podcast. What were your overall thoughts on the reunion before we get into some specifics? I liked it. I mean, I think he made, I think he's been listening to fans. He made a point, even though it was, you know, that, you know what they call, you know, the 57 minute, you know, little rapid fire at the end there. But he made a point to talk to everyone, which, I mean, you spend all that time investing into the show, 
you know, some of them hardly even got confessionals, but at least they got some airtime at the reunion. I mean, they didn't leave anyone out, if I remember correctly. Yeah, they talked to everyone. Well, Dawson didn't really talk, but yeah. she was she was shown. She got, she, she got her fifteen minutes. Yeah. <laughs> what were your What were your thoughts on that, Clayton? Oh my gosh! I mean, part of me I was like, this can't not be planned. You don't think the bouncers would have been on her? Like <laughs> the second it happened, I mean, I I really thought I was like, okay, maybe this is planned. But I mean, he did look legitimately shocked and sort of like insiders thing. Um, I was talking to a couple people that were actually in the audience, and they said that after the fact, uh, Probst had to go and apologize to his wife who was in the audience. So <laughs> I think it was for real that she didn't – he had no idea that this was going to happen. Well, I heard Dawson even cut her leg trying to get down from the risers to go kiss oh. him. So, yeah, yeah I, don't... I, also thought, I thought it was planned for a little bit, but then I realized afterwards, like, it's Dawson. I She's <laughs> – well and i think they would have shown her running to him as well if they had right, known it would have about been it more camera. Yeah. yeah the cameras planned it yeah it was badly edited you know and they would have, if it was planned they would have made sure that thing was edited a little better yeah <laughs> but yeah i mean that's her stamp on the show that's where <laughs> you know her legacy is going to be and she just wanted to make sure people remembered it that's the last thing we saw before <laughs> we went to the 26th so what was your really your favorite part of the reunion? What was kind of the coolest thing to learn that you didn't know before about the season in general? Oh, okay. Well, you guys remember the whole um, Malcolm doing what they told Malcolm that he wouldn't have won, right? Yeah. I was shocked. I th- I thought that for sure he had it locked up if he got to the end with no matter anyone, even if he was with Denise or anyone, which I thought was sort of interesting, but. Um, have you guys read any exit interviews? Yeah, it turns that? out that was all staged. <laughs> yeah, that was all staged by in, backstage. So I thought that was sort of interesting. Uh, Those little polls, Jeff Probst always tries to do, like, okay, really quick, who would have voted for who if you're a jury member and you're not and this person's in the finals? And there's never, a, like, somebody always forgets to raise their hand or something. Those are always flawed. <laughs> and I thought it was very interesting that Lisa won fan favorite. I was shocked about that. Yeah, I thought, you know, they showed her so much, especially oh, yeah. in the, the you know, as they got closer and closer to the end, that I knew she would, was definitely in the running. As much as I would have loved to see Penner win it, I knew that there yeah. wasn't really a shot. <laughs> I mean, I thought, it, I thought it was me, Malcolm, but with, with what I thought, and then I thought about it after, I was like, oh, that makes some sense. I mean, I mean, how many facts of life people were probably watching the show? You know, right. And how many facts of life people were watching the show just because Lisa was on it? Exactly. And I mean, you probably look at the demographics in general. I mean, we have people, you know, guys and people our age that are hardcores that watch it and will vote in fan favorites and stuff like that. But I mean, I think the other audience is probably a bunch of 40 year old women (laughs) all voting for Lisa because they grew up watching her. (laughs) Right. Well, yeah, and I would say post-merge, Malcolm we got a little under-edited. We didn't see quite as much of him, and I think because they knew that he wasn't going to win. But, yeah. uh, so, as I mean, pre-merge, he was the star, you know. Absolutely, yeah. And sort of uh, post-merge, he sort of got in the background a little bit to Lisa, and people don't have the longest <laughs> memories <laughs> oh, right, yeah. So, no, what? I, mean, I was, I had my money on Denise. I thought she was calm and collected, uh, for not for fan favorite, but for the winner. But yeah, I, w- I admit I was a little bit shocked. 
but I guess editing, yeah, they did give it was very skewed, Lisa. So well, and also you look at the reunion. How much time was given to talking to to Lisa about who knows what? Yeah, who knows what? Right? Her journey. Yeah, that's what they call it. Her she journey, had a yeah. journey. I mean, don't get me wrong. I really loved Lisa. I mean, I'm not a big fan of her game. I think she, you know, was more worried about her image, which to me made her image look even worse because <laughs> she was so worried about her image. But um, I am a fan of her character-wise. I mean, I have a soft spot for the older women on Survivor. I don't know what it is, but I do. Don't tell your date that. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> 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 no, I agree. My my personal favorite part of the reunion was the really awkward. Well, first of all, Clayton, do you know who's on next season? Yes, it doesn't everyone. My favorite part of the reunion was the really awkward question that Jeff Probst asked Malcolm. So, Malcolm, uh, would you play Survivor again? Mm-hmm. Question mark. So I guess so, or <laughs> yeah. something yeah, like Malcolm that. Was like, I don't know. Maybe I would. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's hilarious and I, I was just cracking up when I saw that and then when we saw him at the after parties after he was like talking game with us for about like 15 minutes uh, me and a couple of friends and he was trying so hard to hold it back that he was on next season I was like dude we all know but, right, but if you still even tell him you know he still can't say anything I know exactly <laughs> Uh, what did you think about Bitter Betty over there, RC? Oh, I mean, I mean, I understand it. I mean, I understand, like, I mean, I know Jeff, obviously, he hosts orgs. I don't know if how involved you ever were in those things, like online reality games. I mean, I sort of get it because you, you're, I would be fine with getting done in if it was smart, but to get done in by idiots and it screws up their own game, I could never forgive them for that. So, because it just didn't even make any sense. It's like, you screw me and my chance of a million dollars, but it also screws yourself. Like, slap, slap. You know what I mean? I would be bitter, too. Yeah, I, I mean, when you mentioned the orgs, I like that totally makes sense to me. You know, I've hosted uh-huh. orgs. I've had people kind of, you know, get really mad at me for other... I'm like, I can't help you. I don't know why you're mad at me. <laughs> like, I can't, there's nothing yeah. that will help you. But... It's a player, not you know. Player. I was never a big fan of RC in the first place, so yeah. I don't have much sympathy for her. That's because of the fact that she's bitter and the fact that I really wasn't a fan of her. But uh-huh. I mean, what I read that like apparently she was yelling at CBS producers that they have to bring her back or something. Oh, and I totally, wow. I totally get that she like really wants to come back because she felt screwed over. But it's like, come on, have a little class. Yeah, apparently most of the cast is not too keen on her. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> Definitely not. Especially when you see it firsthand. She didn't, she didn't show up to anything, except for um, I think a couple parties where most of the castle wasn't at. Mm-hmm. But I was I, I was reading on Facebook like Abby Maria and RC during the season even were fighting, and I really thought they were gonna like be able to. It sounded like for a while that they were gonna be able to. You know, oh, it was a game, we were just playing, mm-hmm. but that became pretty clear after a while that that was not what was going to happen. Well, and I, I would say that was RC's doing more than Absolutely. Abby's. Yeah, I mean, looking at uh-huh. even the Ponderosa video, you know. Mm-hmm. She wanted you know, to watch. I give a lot of credit to, like, her, her ability to a- admit that there was a problem, and, you know, who knows whether or not she's actually changed. Yeah. But... 
her, I, I give her a lot of a lot of good on you points. Here's the big question: Will Russell ever be able to get over to this and talk about it? Oh, oh Russell Swan? Yes. No, no, no. No, he was he was still on the verge of tears after it was over. I was like, dude, he'll, he'll never be able to talk about it. He's still embarrassed to the core. Well, I think for some reasons there are certain people. And he is obviously one of them who feel like their self worth is measured in these like really kind of nebulous ways. And for him, it's how well he did on Survivor. Uh-huh. And now twice he's been proven that he, you know, according to his standard, wasn't. Yeah. Good. I mean, and if you look from a social strate- or strategic side, I mean, he got third out of his tribe. So I mean, he did fairly well on that aspect. I mean, I'm not. Your steroid muscle got third. So I mean, if if he lost on anything, it was his the physical. Yeah. (laughs) Because I mean, had he won actually a couple of challenges, I mean, he could have easily made it to the merge, and who knows what would have happened. Could have been a really kick butt returning players alliance, which would have made everyone at POS just giddy. Oh no. All right, um, what are your thoughts looking into next season, Clayton? I mean, obviously we know <laughs> we know who is supposedly going to go come yeah. back. So what are your thoughts? Are you looking forward to it? I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I think it's a I, – I really think – I mean, I don't know how openly you guys talk on the show about who's on there, but I won't get specific names. But I think as a We're whole – We talk about it pretty openly. Okay, well, I think as a whole – the favorites tribe is really weak. I think they're weak star power in all aspects. I think they're weak in star power. I think they're weak physically. I think gameplay-wise, they're weak. I mean, I think it's going to hand the game to people like Malcolm and Eric Reichenbach, who are more physically adept. Well, because, I mean, you you have most of the cast, the favorites cast is pretty lame. (laughs) When it comes to, I mean, you have Andrea, who I think the POS, you know, online survivor community pushed because I don't think she was really that popular with the average fan base. But I think I think the online fan base is slowly but surely having an effect. And I think we've seen that with a couple of things recently, and especially with Andrea coming back because they, they pushed her for really no reason. And now she's back. I'm I'm pretty sure I'm with all of America who wants to see the Philip Brandon Corinne final three. Oh my Jesus! <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? That would be. No, I, I feel, I, I, this is where David and I disagree. I think that Corinne should be on the jury. No, well, I agreed with you that on that. I said, I you convinced me. Yeah, I'd like to see her on the jury. But I mean, obviously, we don't know. I don't know the uh, fan because I'm not into spoilers. I mean, it was sort of it was impossible to avoid seeing the uh, 26 favorite cast. I mean, people right. were, were posting in non-spoiler groups about it, so I don't know any speculation on boot order or fan cast. Yeah, our policy I'm, here on the podcast is we can know location and we can know uh-huh. who's on it, but we don't want to yeah. know anything that actually happens mm-hmm. in the game. But I, if I had to put my money, I would put my money on a fan. Really, I would do. I would put my money on a fan. See, I wouldn't because I have a feeling that they're gonna do what they did last time. Is they're gonna pick some stupid people who can True. get easily manipulated and just do whatever the fan, the favorites, tell them to. 
Yeah, right. I they're mean, so struck, but I just think recently they've had such a success with big fans, like people like Malcolm, and um, you have people like Cochran that are you know big fans that have became really great characters. I think they're starting to actually cast actual fans. They're steering back towards it a little bit, slowly but surely. That. I, I, I have high hopes for the fans this season. I, I think they're going to do it because, I mean, you look at the favorites cast, I think they're highly dysfunctional, most of them. Um, well, that, I think that was the goal in casting, was to create drama. I mean, why why else would you bring back Francesca? Exactly. When the I, think, only- I think it's going to be a another season of Once the Dust Settles. <laughs> Whoever's left after the dust is settles, after all the big names take each other out, is who's going to come out on top, I think. And I, I think it'll be a fan sitting there watching the favorites try to take each other out. Interesting. I think, yeah, I think it depends on who the fans are, obviously. If sure, they're sure. smarter fans, I would definitely put my money on a fan. But I also – I probably give people a lot more credit than they're due in the fact that they've learned their lesson. I, I uh-huh. would say Catherine and Eric and maybe even Brandon Hans are going to be a lot more formidable – because they made huge mistakes and they're not going to make them again, in my opinion. Now, will they do something else stupid? Potentially. But I, I still give them probably a lot more credit than most people would. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, that's for sure. Well, uh, Clayton, we really appreciate you coming on sort of last minute and talking with us, and we liked I'll hearing enjoy. your thoughts. A plug for both Clayton and ourselves, we're going to be doing a thing on the off-season called Reality TV's Top Ten, where we're making different top ten lists, and myself, Clayton, Jeff, and Cody Ross are going to be debating back and forth. Uh, We each have lists, and we will combine them into one and create these top ten lists of not only Survivor things, but also Big Brother, Amazing Race, and The Apprentice. So stay tuned for that. Yes. Fun. That's going to be fun. Fun, fun, fun. But thank you again, Clayton, and Mm -hmm. we will uh, talk to you hopefully next season. Okay, I'll be happy to do it. Bye. Bye. Well, there was Clayton. We're really glad that he was able to fill in for us. It's much much appreciated. And be sure to check us out on this off-season of Survivor, uh, doing more uh, reality TV stuff. All right. Um, So did you have anything else, Jeff? Not really. Uh, I think I'm good for now. Well, this is the official end of our Survivor Philippines podcasting. We will be back next season for Survivor Karamoan. Is that how you pronounce it? I think so. Yeah, Karamoan. We're going to assume it's that. And, uh, yeah, we're excited for that. Stay tuned for our off-season things. You never know what we're going to be podcasting. Um, And be sure to check us out on our website, survivorpodcast.blogspot.com. Make sure to check us out on Facebook and iTunes under the name David and Jeff Survivor Podcast. And we thank you so much for listening to us this entire season, and we can't wait to do it all again in February. Bye. Bye.